welcome to the first episode of Startups Around the World with Kate and Alina. My name is Alina and I am CEO of Touch Platform, educational platform that helps startups and digital professionals go globally. And my name is Kate and I'm the head of business development at one IT consultancy based in California named Alland Research Group, as well as I'm the chief operational officer for a Portuguese company based in Porto, which is called Coptimum uh, PT. We are specialists in AI, computer vision, big data and building CICD pipelines. As part of our operations, we're also mentoring uh, and helping accelerators and universities around the world uh, with the topics that are related to our field of work. And this podcast uh, is something Alina and I came up with when we were talking about uh, all the differences of the startups that are, they're facing in different countries. And we get so excited about learning how business works in different countries for those who are just starting that we decided to gather around the best people who can tell us more about this experience. And we are very excited and happy to welcome you to the very first episode of uh, this amazing initiative. Today, we are kicking it off with the episode about Georgia. We have invited Irakli from Lupe AI and Wameh from Elven Technologies to talk about the pros and cons of building a startup in Georgia and going global from here. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi. Hello. Thank you. So let's start with small introduction. Irakli, can you please tell us more about your company and what you are doing? Thank you, Alina. Uh, I am currently CEO and co-founder of Loopy AI, which is an educational technology company. Uh, we started in 2019. Before that, I was uh, a co-founder of Inks educational company, which we started in Georgia and scaled up in three more European Union countries and exited in 2018. Uh, also, I was co-founder uh, in EBG, which is uh, one of the biggest uh, commerce companies in Georgia, uh, which we exited in 2019. So currently I'm fully uh, concentrated on Loopy AI and making sure that we will scale it up in globally, let's call it so. Thanks. Oh, that sounds super interesting. Thank you. And uh, Vamech, would you like to tell us a bit about yourself? Yes, I would. Um, thank you, first of all. Um, that's a very great initiative. And um, especially being here on the first um, try is an, is an amazing uh, feeling. So basically, I'm, I'm the ex-physician, medical doctor, um, who turned into a, a tech enthusiast and the tech CEO. Um, I founded Elven Technologies um, a year and a half ago. And basically what we're doing is we're building high-tech personal protection uniforms and apparel. Um, and our major goal for 2026 is to build the absolutely next generation spacesuit for moon and mars missions and um, at this point our first product for the company is the um, high-tech firefighter uniform um, which has uh, 30 um, actually 200 times longer protection than the competitors on the market 
um, and we and the less price and the, it's it's a great product. So that's what we do. All right. Well, that sounds like something incredible. And I'm guessing the next time I'm around in Georgia, I'd like to take a look at it and maybe even try on that suit, um, <laughs> if it's possible, obviously. Uh, now, uh, thank you for your introduction. And I'm guessing we can start with something easy. Um, how about you guys uh, tell us a bit more about how it all started like roughly for example you are you have different initiatives that you're leading at the same time what did it all start at mm, okay uh thanks kate uh, uh first of all i want to make sure that yeah right now i am fully concentrated on loopy ai because previously i tried to concentrate on a couple of things and uh, even uh, as a result it worked out uh, I am pretty sure that uh, uh, it would be much better to really concentrate on one thing at a time. Uh, so uh, in BAI, what we're doing is that um, we're uh, aising a job for teachers because uh, they are spending up to five to seven hours per week on preparing and processing student work, which is quite boring part of their job. And uh, with our AI-based solution, we're getting this seven hours per week down to half hour. So it's huge improvement for them while we're generating uh, very important data uh, so we can give our teachers and also for schools very useful information and uh, quite actionable recommendations as well. Uh, before that, uh, I... Uh, worked in education from 2012 uh, when we started Kings in Georgia. Uh, so uh, we worked with hundreds uh, of schools and thousands of teachers in Georgia, Estonia, Poland, and Lithuania. So that's how we got to, to know about this problem existing. And uh, we thought that we could solve this problem and that's what we are trying right now. That sounds very interesting. Now let's turn to Vameh. I think I have some other question regarding your spacesuit. How is that? How did you come up with the idea of working on this direction at all? Where did it all start? Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's a great question. Everybody asks that. Um, so, I used to be a doctor, I used to work in the um, NICU, that's the uh, ICU for the newborn babies, it's a very cute job, um, but um, I was into physics and chemistry and biology and whole science from the beginning, um, since, say, since seven, I guess, um, and then all this Mars um, thing started around the world and SpaceX started uh, building rockets and succeeding. Um, and I realized that th that is an actual future that humanity has to build um, in order to survive. Um, and while looking into the um, different solutions of how, how to do that, um, I realized that um, a lot of private companies and governments are building different ways to get to Mars and um, different ways to live on Mars. Uh, so the habitats and the rockets and the fuels and a lot of different things, but nobody's actually building a suit. 
And the problem is that current spacesuit that humanity has created um, are not able to take humans to Mars. Um, Mars needs an absolutely different type of approach. Um, and I just looked up if there is anybody working on a solution and, and uh, I found out that uh, nobody does. Um, even SpaceX is not building a spacesuit uh, for Mars. The spacesuit that hey, they have built is just for um, being safe inside the uh, aircraft and the rocket, but you can't go outside in space or, or different uh, environments with that. So um, I had an idea just uh, thinking about several years how, how to build this like that, or is it even possible? And then we had a, a serious heat wave in Israel. I used to work in Israel as a doctor. Um, and I asked myself, why don't I have uh, the, some kind of the air conditioning system, but in my clothing? Um, why do I have to suffer from heat and like why does any human being has to suffer from heat when they're outside um and then i realized that something like that doesn't really exist because i looked up i wanted to buy it and um, there's nothing like that on the market right now and i uh, realized that it doesn't matter how much money you have you're still hot when you're outside there is no solution so uh, basically i tried myself there to build something very easy um, from the medical supplies I had, um, and it worked. I mean, I could cool myself down. It felt amazing. Um, so I decided to try and build a little bit more serious version of it and involved an engineer, um, my old friend, who's an amazing engineer, George. Um, and we built the first one, um, the first uh, prototype of the cooling system, which worked perfectly. Um, and we realized that the cooling system is one of the major parts for the any spacesuit. So we knew that we kind of had um, an innovation already, one innovation for the spacesuit. So we said, like, why won't we actually try it? Um, and why won't we go this specific way where we just innovate technology by technology, step by step. Um, and before we get to uh, the spacesuit, which takes a lot of time, uh, maybe uh, five, ten years or even more uh, and a lot of money. Uh, we decided to just combine the technologies that we've already innovated and uh, produce products for the uh, different markets on Earth. Um, and just because we had a cooling system and we were very close scientifically to proving a concept of the um, super heat protection layers uh, they, uh, for the clothing, um, we realized that we had two technologies for, for uh, firefighters. So, and we just uh, looked up the firefighter uniforms and realized that um, and found out actually that the firefight uniforms are not fireproof, actually not fireproof. They can withstand even the best suits on the market right now can withstand um, usual flames for 10 seconds, eight to 10 seconds. And after that, the firefighters uh, take a lot of injury burns um, and 10 seconds is a very, very, very small time. And there's something that we build now. Um, we can go up to 30 minutes already. So that's the first that scientific or engineering um, uh, success that we already had. But the goal wow. is to, to, to make this uh, firefighter uniform go to market, um, gain some funds, uh, raise more funds and keep on building technology after technology, adding these technologies to already uh, the products that we already sell, um, and then finally completing all the technologies needed to make it uh, space. Well, that sounds like a very ambitious plan, actually. Uh, I think you would really need a huge team for that. 
And that's actually the next question we have. Um, is it possible to find enough qualified professionals in Georgia? Irakli, how about uh, your company and basically all your projects? Do you mostly hire in Georgia or do you need to come to other countries for uh, finding the right professionals? Okay, <laughs> this is quite a hard question to answer. Uh, there are really talented people in Georgia uh, mm -hmm. and uh, searching for maybe brilliant engineers uh, or mm, developers, for example. Uh, although the uh, market is quite uh, competitive and uh, it's quite global market as well. So it's not easy, especially if the project is not exciting for the people you want to hire. Um, but yeah, if uh, you can convince them that it's, uh, you have the excited project to work on, probably you can hire some engineers, developers, uh, designers, uh, etc. But uh, still, if you uh, are already on the scaling phase, people with uh, rather newer um, professions, let's say so, cross um, hackers so-called, or people in digital marketing or CEO, uh, search engine optimization, uh, or mm -hmm. search engine optimization, I mean. Um, for really complicated, big-scale projects, probably you will need someone from outside of Georgia. Uh, because, uh, yeah, that's uh, what obstacles we uh, have faced during our journeys uh, when scaling up uh, Kings, for example, which was my uh, first uh, educational startup and then company. And when we scaled up in uh, European Union countries, uh, we really needed some talent from outside of Georgia. But the good thing is that uh, it was years ago and uh, things are changing in the right direction and uh, in a quite fast pace. So uh, to answer your question, probably answer is rather yes and no, but yeah, it's not easy. Uh, I have actually a very intriguing question. You're building educational technology companies. Can you use them actually to educate and train new professions to the Georgian youth or maybe, I don't know, uh, qualify others to become your potential, potential employees. I mean, you, you're already building ed tech companies. Maybe you can switch them into the direction that would produce the new generation of those hackers, digital marketing specialists and so on. Uh, what do you actually, think? <laughs> actually, it's a very interesting question. Uh, actually, that's what we did previously. Uh, when we started, uh, okay, actually it's not connected to educational startups, uh, uh, I was involved. And uh, yeah, it's not like I'm involved in education. There's like just background stories how I started uh, first educational company. And then second, because I saw the uh, another problem, which uh, I believe that we 
could solve. And that's why we started with the AI. So it's not like I have a mission to start it tech companies in general, but so when I see some problem, which I think that I can solve with my uh, co-founders, so yeah, that's uh, what we are doing, right? Uh, but uh, in uh, e-commerce, which uh, my uh, friends and I started in 2014, I guess, uh, yeah, uh, there was a huge lack of uh, product managers, I mean, modern product managers uh, mm-hmm. to find them on the market, etc. cetera. Uh, and as I was involved in uh, education, uh, we really had the data for really brilliant, talented, very young people. And uh, we did some selection, uh, like because it was three phases of selecting the right people. And at the end, we selected five uh, young um, just students mm-hmm. and started to uh, work with them or train them, let's call it so. Um, initially, we had quite not working approach, let's call it so. So we thought that uh, if we will right away start with some tasks, uh, we can teach them on the way. But uh, it wasn't the case. But then what I uh, found uh, really working was that uh, it was the period when uh, YC, uh, Y Combinator in uh, Silicon Valley, started their series of how to start a startup. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, I somehow thought that maybe it's the right uh, thing to start with. And maybe uh, as this really, really talented people will listen to best people in the world about startups, about uh, building things. And we can just discuss that. So that's uh, what we did. And they were just watching the series. And then we... Uh, we are meeting two times per week, two hours per meeting, and discussing what was discussed there. What was quite surprising for me that uh, uh, they were getting things differently than um, how I was consuming this information in the lectures. But uh, yeah, it really worked. So what I mean is that uh, in three months, they already knew how to do things in a really modern, uh, international way, let's call it so. So what I mean is that uh, uh, how they were like uh, tackling the problems was really different than what you can find in already established employee. Uh, you can hire in Georgia or even different markets, actually. Uh, so uh, interesting was that uh, in a couple of months, these really, really young people, like uh, just... Uh, 18, 20 years old people uh, really took on on the project. And uh, in a couple of months, the um, project became successful. And uh, in uh, two years, uh, EBG was the biggest e-commerce platform in Georgia and still is actually, even after uh, getting on the market, really big players uh, were backed by uh, major banks in Georgia, etc. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, finding uh, talented people is much easier in Georgia. Uh, 
problem is in education and uh, having the right uh, uh, knowledge to uh, solve some problems. But uh, if you are not in a hurry um, and you have time to build a quality team, maybe the right approach is to just uh, uh, work with them and uh, from brilliant talents uh, create brilliant teams. I would totally agree here with you. I have absolutely similar experience and practice with some interns and students we have invited to work with us within touch platform activities, be it events or some online activities. We have, I would say, uh, accepted for the internship very fresh uh, sophomores. Yeah, basically second, third year students from various universities in Tbilisi. And within a couple of months, they have uh, learned to use various digital tools. They have learned to find any kind of information. They have learned where to come for what information, contacts, knowledge. And I think that now they might be in a very high demand for any other company on the market because they can be already named like junior digital marketing specialist or some program manager or content manager, etc. And they had also an opportunity to go through tons of articles and books and videos about innovations, about technology, different business approaches, etc. So, yeah, I agree. The students are very talented because they were consuming all this information absolutely fast. I couldn't even imagine that kind of speed, actually. And they're very efficient. Yeah. I, mean, I, I remember from when I got to go to one of the 12 to touch last year in October, most of the team that Alina had was basically composed by the students, if I'm not mistaken. The volunteers. You could, yeah. you could see many volunteers because the biggest part of the production team right at the conference were volunteers we have just invited kind of a week before the event, but they were already so much into it that I was absolutely impressed. Like they were, I don't know, like they had been working with us for a couple of months before the event. Uh, yeah, fully yeah. agree on that. Uh, that's how it works in Georgia, I see. Yeah, and uh, I just, uh, when we were at the event, uh, they were so good with coordinating everything. Uh, it really felt like they were just one full team uh, and I got to work with different universities sometimes on the mentoring uh, events or just you know mentoring sessions re uh, regarding just the production of the projects or the coordination of different uh, events or something like this and uh, up to now I think somehow Georgia has surprised me uh, quite a lot because I was not expecting people to be so motivated uh, to work and to do something and to learn at such a young age. It's not that I'm saying that we are all like dinosaurs here <laughs> who are just talking, uh, but so like just uh, it was very, very 
uh, interesting and it really surprised us pleasantly. All of us who were speaking, who came to Georgia to speak that month, we were all very pleased uh, with um, the experience. And well, I'm guessing that finding uh, highly qualified or at least enough qualified professionals would be probably even harder for the tasks like building uh, the new fire suit that can go to Mars. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I would agree with Irakli um, that we do have a great raw talent in Georgia, especially in the uh, new generations, the, the kids are, who are um, in the university now, students and as pupils in school. Um, but yeah, we do have a problem with the education um, and simply engineering was not um, trendy for a very long time. So most of the bright students used to um, go to, I don't know, banking and finance, um, medicine, um, marketing. But um, just several years ago, maybe two or three years ago, um, this uh, new trend started growing in Georgia about uh, the tech um, and engineering and uh, development and stuff like that. Uh, so, um, software development, I mean, so, um, the probably in several years, in, um, two or three years, we'll have much more, uh, qualified prof professionals who can work on tech, but at this point it's quite hard. And especially the reason, uh, it's hard to find, um, experienced, um, and hardworking teammates is that, I mean, there are people like that in Georgia, but they are all employed and they are employed in a very high paying job. So they cost a lot. Um, That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, basically there are people, but you have to pay a lot. And if you're a startup, you can't really do that. So um, that's one of the challenges. Um, on the other hand, uh, we also have found several students who work really hard. And even we were surprised they worked so hard. Um, and we hope that they, they're gonna stay with us. Um, and uh, keep on working on the, uh, the amazing suits. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, in several years, it's going to be much, much easier to find young people uh, who just maybe have just graduated from the university or are on the like, uh, later or last year of the education. Um, yeah, that, that's, uh, I guess that's, that's all from me. I see. Another question here is, okay, we're talking mostly about youth, about students and maybe last year's uh, pupils, but how about older generation? I mean, like even 30, 40 plus and, and over. Are there enough tech savvy in Georgia to be able to test out some pilots, products, some prototypes, etc.? cetera? Uh, I mean, if I am developing the startup, the startup, the, some kind of project, right? Uh, or let's make it more narrow, a product, a tech product, and I want to test it out in the Georgian market. Will people around me become the early adopters of this new product? Or should I invest a lot into the communication to get to this? Or maybe just go to another market and try it out there? What, what do you think? Uh, I cannot say that Georgian people are tech-savvy, but uh, I think that uh, we're kind of, it's quite easy for Georgians to 
follow the trend. So if something, even tech, uh, gets trendy, then many people are starting using that. Uh, but uh, uh, when I uh, didn't have experience uh, of working in other countries, I saw that Georgia was for sure not tech savvy. But what I found, especially in educational field where I had uh, quite a lot of experience in working in European Union countries in Estonia, Poland, Lithuania, the Netherlands, they are not much different, honestly. So um, I, I, I changed my mind that, uh, yeah, we are not that we are not tech savvy. We are just as usual. Maybe Estonia is very tech savvy country, and yeah, their older generations are tech savvy as well. But other than that, in Netherlands, for example, which is a developed country for sure, or in Poland, which is already a developed country as well, Finian market, uh, everything is quite the same. So uh, I can't say that Georgian gener older generations are tech savvy. But uh, yeah, that's the case in other countries as well. Yeah. In Europe, Europe uh, for sure, maybe. I, I, I don't have the much information about the, what's going on in USA or other countries or Japan, for example. But yeah, in Europe, we are just as normal country as others. Um, <clears throat> I'll, can, can I uh, just remember a small story? Yes, yeah, um, sure. So when I first arrived in Israel, um, the, the taxi uh, guy who took me from airport to my home, um, he was 55, 60 years old guy. And uh, he was using, um, what's the name of the uh, Waze um, application, Waze for um, the, the directions. Mm -hmm. And um, I was really surprised. And I thought to myself that um, there's no way I'm going to see this happening at least for 20 years in Georgia. Um, so um, talking about being tech savvy, um, I don't think that we're as tech savvy as people in, uh, I don't know, Korea, uh, Israel, uh, Japan. But um, if there is a need, we are very fast learners. So when I came back, um, there were a lot of changes here, and uh, one of the changes was that um, a big taxi company was founded, um, which uh, worked kind of the same way as Uber, and um, a lot of um, AG guys um, are now, today, using the same platform um, for the directions. But um, just two years ago, I never thought that that would happen, but it did happen just because uh, there was a need. Um, so I do believe that we have a lot of potential, but uh, due to um, our um, history for the last hundred years, we didn't have any uh, access to a lot of information and especially high tech. Um, so we just lost the way uh, of, uh, of learning new things. And yes, for the big, uh, for the like, uh, uh, Elder generations, it's it's much uh, harder to learn the computer or the smartphones or stuff like that or the new tech. 
But um, um, Alina, I guess, asked about uh, 30, 40 year old people. For them, it's, it's much easier. Yeah, everybody has an iPhone. Everybody has a smartphone. Everybody knows how to use it um, more than just calling and texting and Facebook. So um, we can learn fast. Uh, we just need it to become trendy. And uh, yes, I do agree with directly with that. Um, and also, um, as, as more technologies uh, pour into the country and more tech products are produced, um, we are starting to learn much faster. Uh, we just need more products on the market. That's all. Well, uh, don't you think there could be more confusion if there would be more technology on the market than there is right now? Well, I mean that up to now we have tons of different apps, uh, chatbots, messengers that we all use. And uh, I honestly, for example, I still have no idea how to properly open a chat in a Snapchat and to keep like talking on there. Like when I every single time someone from Nordic countries where this is super popular, when they ask me, do you use Snapchat? Every time I'm like, oh God, not this again. But they just, uh, they are completely ignoring everything else like WhatsApp or Telegram. They just want to chat on, on there. And for me, even though I'm in my mid-twenties, I feel super old that I don't know how to work with that. And now when someone says that, oh, I have a TikTok, for example, do you use it? And I'm like, no, I don't, I just, not just because I don't have time for that. I'm just, I understand that I would, I would really fail at it. And I feel more comfortable with like old school already that I consider to be an old school technologies like Skype or WhatsApp and or Facebook messengers. And I know that, for example, in the countries where I've been and where I have resided, uh, Facebook so far is uh, the most advanced and the most trusted technology to keep, stay in touch with your friends and family. And so would you... So do you really think that we need more technology to like, get a grip on that? And don't you think that it might be even more confusing for not millennials, but those who are even slightly but older? Um, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I still don't, can't get my head around Instagram. Um, right. But, <laughs> I, um, but, but not because I, I don't understand how it works. Um, I don't see an actual point um, um, of, of using Instagram yet. Um, so the, the, what I'm saying is that um, if you do not use TikTok, uh, you should ask yourself, uh, do you need TikTok? And um, uh, I don't know what the answer is, but I believe that if you have a need of learning something, you will learn something. There's no way, because it's it's built in a way that it should be easy, right? And a lot of people are using it. So it's basically, um, is it worthy to you to uh, to put in um, as much time as you need to learn it um, or not? So if, if I need to, to, to have Instagram, which I do, I guess, but use Instagram, um, I'll learn how to do that. But um, I just don't don't give it as much time as it as, as it needs to be given, I guess. So don't 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 worry about the, you, the, the, you think that you can't or, or if you try, you'll be bad at it. Um, I don't believe in that. 
I believe that you can actually learn everything that you want to learn, but you just need to be motivated enough so your brain just decides to learn that. I cannot agree more, actually, because um, I cannot... Uh, yeah, let me tell a story, right? So, uh, with Loop AI, we, we are building a product for the Dutch market. And uh, when I last arrived from the Netherlands, at the end of the March, I was put in the mandatory quarantine for two weeks. And uh, that was the same time uh, that uh, all Georgian schools were already closed. So, uh, yeah, it was necessary for teachers to adapt to the digital learning, right? And uh, teachers are really not tech-savvy in maybe most of the countries and in Georgia for sure as well. So there were some initiatives from the Ministry of Education in Georgia and uh, we thought that uh, we could do something because we were working uh, on a platform for teachers uh, for uh, easing their life in in the part of uh, sending and receiving homeworks. And uh, before the uh, COVID-19, our main challenge when speaking with schools or teachers were to convince them to uh, do their job digitally. Because uh, in most countries, uh, school homeworks are done by pen, pen and paper, right? Uh, so we said that we can uh, change, modify our platform somehow, and uh, it can be useful for uh, Georgian teachers. Because uh, for us, you know, we already have had some product, uh, Georgian you know, version of the product, but uh, it was, uh, Georgia was just testing market for us. And we saw that we would have uh, uh, like in a couple of, like in two years, maybe 300 teachers using our platform. Because mm -hmm. uh, uh, like uh, there are 64,000 teachers in Georgia, I guess. So 300 was uh, for us probably more than enough for really making sure that uh, we can test new features, etc. So we just posted like uh, in 10 days, starting from 1st of April. Uh, I'm still in quarantine at the time. Uh, we uh, we uh, modified our product and launched, launched it on 10th of April. Uh, I guess it was Friday. And... Uh, uh, we just put a link to our product with some small text in two Facebook groups with teachers and just ask them what they think about our platform. Uh, on Monday, we already had some traction and uh, we launched with uh, uh, three subjects like mathematics, English language and Georgian language with some content already ready for teachers or uh, them to create and send homeworks for uh, to, to pupils. And uh, in a couple of days, hundreds uh, of teachers added to the platform. And uh, as we saw that there is some traction, we added the team really focused on making it work for Georgian teachers. And uh, uh, in two months, uh, was like uh, middle of June, uh, we had more than uh, 46,000 teachers using our platform in Georgia, which is more wow. than 80% of all the teachers in Georgia. Uh, so 
uh, and there were like uh, 320,000 pupils, which is more than half of all Georgian pupils. So it really went viral. But uh, my point here is that uh, I never thought that not product will buy me or our my team, but any product could reach this kind of uh, traction in Georgian teachers. If someone uh, someone would tell me that story, I wouldn't believe that. But yeah, that's the reality. In two months, uh, yeah, uh, more than 45,000 teachers are using our platform, which is fully digital. And yeah, that's how um, adoptive uh, teachers were during this pandemic. So yeah, I fully agree with Wamech that uh, if there's a need, then uh, uh, people can um, adapt to that. And uh, one of the problems in Georgian educational system is that uh, teachers are quite aging. So middle age or median age of teacher is more than 40. Uh, many of them are more than 60. And yeah, these kind of teachers are using our platform. So. Oh, wow, that's actually, that's amazing. That that's really, that's a very short time for such a good traction, especially yeah. considering that Georgia is not a large country. So this is, I say that it's incredible. But yeah, obviously, like during this pandemic, we have seen different uh, adaptions to the new norms, like uh, online conferences and working remotely, which is still like, a bit of a problem for some companies or for some countries that are not used for that but yeah in general well yeah that sounds like an amazing success story well speaking of which uh so apparently you guys are very very involved in in the life of um, georgian tech so what advice could you give to the startups that want to enter the georgian market and why would they even be looking into going to Georgian markets? Maybe even uh, my co-host can answer that, since she's so involved in the development of Georgia. Alina, I think it's time to roast you. I think it's time for you to answer a question, for once. <laughs> well, first of all, Georgia is a very welcoming country and open and free. I mean, after all my travels around the whole region, even though it's not yet popular for the digital nomads in, in the world, Georgia is very free to breathe, I would say. Every time I'm landing in Tbilisi, I'm feeling like I'm at home. This is just my personal perception, but I have actually heard the same feeling, the same impression from many other digital nomads coming here or immigrants that are just moving here to stay for a couple of months and then they are just staying here forever. This is quite a usual story, I would say. You can find many expats here that tell that, ah, yeah, I just come to Georgia for a month and then I moved here. I agree with that. Yeah, that, that's really free and safe, even though uh, Georgia is a post-Soviet Union uh, area. 
and many other countries around us are yet determined as quite unsafe. I will never say this about Georgia. I feel myself safe everywhere in any city I visit here, in any place, at any time of the day. So this is like from the personal point of view, yeah? When you can feel yourself comfortable, when you can feel yourself free, when you can go wherever you need and speak with people and get whatever you need, it's absolutely easy. And uh, of course, everyone will speak about amazing nature, amazing cuisine and amazing wine. We couldn't mention Georgian wine in this podcast. <laughs> so... I would really say thank you <laughs> to Georgian people for growing such a great culture of wine because it's it just um, I cannot compare it to any other wines in the world. It's just unique uh, as it is. And you can taste some of the greatest wines only when you come to Georgia and come to specific places here. Well, let's so... be honest. You can actually, like, <laughs> when you have Georgian wine, you can taste the happiness. It's like, I've been to Georgia only once, but now every single time I talk to Alina or anyone asks me, where am I planning to go for my next vacation? I'm always saying that I'm going to Georgia. Like, I'm going to take the whole <laughs> month and I'm going to go to Georgia and I'm just going to stay there. And when people ask me why, I'm saying that I, I don't know. I just, I was there once. And something happened. It just something turned me. Uh, so from that point of view, uh, I understand people that go there and say that there is no better place than Georgia for good food and good wine. So obviously, that is a super good reason for anyone to go live and work in, in Georgia. But technology related. Then now. yeah, coming to business and technology side. So currently I'm sitting in an amazing new place called Terminal Coworking and it's Terminal Roses Garden. Why? Because we are located right in the middle of an amazing roses garden actually in one of the central parts of the city, Tbilisi. And Terminal has, I think, four or even five already other co-workings around Belize, and they are going to open new ones beyond it around the whole country in the coming years. The place is very comfortable with all possible needed things you might have in your work and also with some more office-like spaces which you can rent out for the whole team and just sit in a calm, silent place and work, organize meetings. So you can always find a good place to work or uh, there are some new business centers are being built around the city and I'm sure that there will be some new cool offices open there for rental. So in case, uh, I mean like in terms of finding a place to work and moving your team to work at, there is a good choice for that then in terms of opening business last year georgia was on the sixth place globally in doing business rating and uh, here i would ask i think irakli i would pass my mic to irakli 
to tell more about actually launching the business in Georgia, how it works from the management, the legal, accounting, financial sites. Uh, okay. So, uh, as I have some experience of uh, opening business, not only in Georgia, but uh, beyond, in Estonia, in uh, Lithuania, and in Poland, uh, I can somehow compare that. Uh, and yeah, I agree with the doing business rating uh, and ranking. Uh, it's really easy to open business and set up a business legally in Georgia. Uh, you can do it in a couple of hours, actually, uh, and even uh, fully digitally as well, if you have a Georgian ID card. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. So that's, uh, uh, you can do the same only in Estonia, as I heard. And yeah, uh, opening the business in Estonia is really easy as well. But uh, mm, yeah, uh, I had uh, good experience of, opening business in Lithuania, so it was quite easy, not as easy as in Estonia or in Georgia, but it was quite easy. But, uh, for example, in Poland, which is not like a really bureaucratic country, probably, uh, yeah, I, I heard, uh, I, I had a lawyer, some consul consultant, and still I... Uh, struggled to open the business legally there for more than months. So I don't want to like uh, uh, promote Poland because yeah, tax uh, scene in Poland, in Warsaw, in Krakow, so probably in Wroclaw is amazing. But yeah, uh, opening business in Georgia is really, really easy. Uh, setting uh, like uh, legal parts, uh, uh, having uh, access to like opening bank accounts, uh, hiring people, uh, having some uh, legal obligations uh, uh, like filled um, in. It's, uh, uh, it's very easy to deal with these things in Georgia. So um, it was one of the, mm, I, I can say that uh, uh, it's something which will stop you to uh, build up uh, something you're excited about. But uh, uh, when things are so easy and there is no struggle and worry about these kind of things, it helps. Mm -hmm. Okay. So and, and how about taxes? I heard that taxes are very good in Georgia. Like, I'm not just heard, I'm also into that a little bit but maybe not from the very point of the startup itself, because I, I'm doing events and educational things and the stuff, so it might be a little bit yeah. different maybe. So how is it for startups? Uh, same is with the taxes. It's quite low. Um, so for the business perspective, you, uh, you are no, never satisfied. So you, everyone, every time you want less taxes probably, <laughs> but uh, still, uh, I'm paying taxes in a couple of countries, and uh, yeah, Georgia is much, much less uh, like uh, so. Uh, like income tax is 20% in Georgia, it's quite low, or maybe one of the lowest in, in the world, if you will not include like uh, tax havens. Uh, mm -hmm. Then, 
VAT is 18%. Uh, and uh, like 1% uh, is uh, like uh, tax for the um, property tax, let's call it so. So, mm -hmm. and uh, there's just five taxes in general uh, in Georgia. So there are no more taxes and five type of them. So um, setting up with taxes is, is easy as well. So like uh, managing uh, uh, reporting, etc. Uh, you can do it uh, digital, fully digitally. So yeah, that's also a good part of that. So opening the company is easy, taxes are low. Wine is cheap and amazing. Food is also cheap and amazing. The the country <laughs> itself is great. The weather is always nice anywhere you go, uh, unless you get stuck somewhere in the mountains in Kazbegi, then you might you might have a problem. Um, that sounds like a real heaven for anyone who is looking forward to setting up a business in Georgia. Well, for anyone who wants to go outside of their uh, common Europe United States settings. Because, for example, we have been opening subsidiaries in different countries. We are now present in uh, five countries. And this problem with the taxes, it follows us everywhere. And I know a lot of different startups that also want to start their own thing. But they cannot go further than being an autonomous entrepreneur. Uh, just because they are not uh, really into paying for all the taxes. Just because it's way too much. Now I know where to send everyone. And there is a place where you can be happy and drunk and pretty much successful all the time, which is great. Uh, as I'm saying it, I'm actually feeling bad that I'm not there now. Um, so <laughs> That's actually what we are working on. We would love to welcome here the offices and R&D labs for many innovative companies from other countries in the world which are not that attractive as Georgia is. Bama, I have a question to you uh, as you are working more into scientific and engineering projects. Um, there are some tech parks like the exist existing tech park in Tbilisi and the new one should be open soon in Kakheti region. And there are also some industrial zones which are called like free economic zones. Do you use any of these and do they provide any actual uh, waivers like tax waivers or any other kind of support to the projects like you have? Um, great question. I was actually expecting that. Um, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> First of all, my vote is uh, for um, R&D labs, as many as possible. Please, people, just come down to Georgia, build your R&D labs, bring in some equipment. We really, really, really need those. Um, yes, there are uh, some tech parks um, in Tbilisi, in different regions. Um, uh, also, so the, as, as this new... Um, thing of startups and the startup ecosystem started to grow in Georgia probably, I don't know, 10 to 5 years ago. Um, new like universities, big educational universities started uh, investing in the um, R&D labs and some of the universities now in Tbilisi at least, uh, which is the capital, um, have the R&D labs. But most of those R&D labs have a 
uh, very basic equipment um, like 3D printers, like um, laser cutters and engravers. Um, some of them have the 2.5 dimensional uh, CNC machines, uh, which do not work with metal. Um, but um, there, we still don't have a lot of uh, machinery which is needed for the hard, hardware startups. For example, um, you, you can just cannot find any um, uh, three axis or, or even higher um, metal CNC uh, machines. Um, that's, that's really bad because um, a lot of hardware startups actually need those. And um, we have to order um, abroad and just one order might cost us um, two, three, even $5,000, um, which is absolutely crazy for prototyping because uh, you might make, I don't know, 100 mistakes and paying $5,000 100 times is almost impossible, actually impossible. So um, we, we do use their help. Um, whoever's free at that point whenever we need something on a 3D printer or the laser cutter or anything that is in Georgia, um, we can freely, absolutely freely use those. Um, they're very friendly. Um, the staff that works there, um, so like we have connections, we know everybody, everybody knows us. It's really friendly and we can do that, but we still need uh, some high-tech machinery um, to be in Georgia so we don't have to like look for the solutions outside. The, the, another issue that we really face here um, in, in uh, tech, first of all, I really want to uh, come back to the um, how easy it is to build a business. Mm-hmm. Um, it is really easy. I mean, um, I think we're the, uh, on the sixth place. I'm not sure what uh, what's the exact source. I don't remember. But um, uh, on the scale of um, ease to start a business, um uh, we had the georgia was in the sixth place so it's quite high but mm-hmm. um it's easy to start but it's not easy to maintain um and yeah the legal legal is extremely easy like you can do it in a day as you said um taxes uh, despite i'm not very fond of taxes um and i don't really have a big experience in the other countries taxes um uh, the only one i've seen uh, was israel and it was much higher than in georgia um, and yes, we have very small amount of taxes, uh, several, like uh, as Iraq said, five. Um, but on the other hand, uh, going back to tech, um, the one of the biggest problems we change we, we uh, see right now um, is that we can't really get any materials in Georgia. I mean, we can buy things that we need for for R and D. So basically. Um, if we need to build something new and we need some of the raw materials, um, most of those you can't get here. So um, you need to order, um, I don't know, on Amazon, uh, mostly in US because it's um, kind of easier and faster delivery. But you still have to wait at least two, maybe three weeks before you get hands on something that you need. So you lose a lot of time in waiting um, while doing an R&D. So um, I, I visited US for uh, six weeks on an acceleration program and I was continuing building things there. And I was shocked when I ordered something on Amazon and I had it the next morning. It's an amazing <laughs> feeling. I mean, because um, innovation is about uh, impulse. 
um, you you make a lot of mistakes and you should be actually ready for that. It's good that you make mistakes because uh, uh, you learn on those mistakes. So the, basically the startup education comes from the mistakes you make. Um, but you need to make those mistakes fast. And then on, on every mistake, you just realize, oh, now I can do this and I'm going to correct that. And to do that, you need something new and waiting for that solution just to come to you in three weeks just is, is very hard. And if you have it on the second day, you just can, your innovation speed is extremely fast. So that's one of the, one of the um, issues we have here. And uh, one of the informations that the people who really want to come here and build something um, should know. I see. Uh, that's that's a very good point. But in the end, we still have the facilities which we could use if we bring some machinery, some materials and money. Uh, we could easily place them in a proper facilities in the proper buildings around the whole country and start testing out various hypotheses and various hardware devices. That's cool. And also, uh, I'd like to add one more point. We have ports in Georgia, which are not that far from the capital city and basically any other part of the country meaning that in the end, if you need to deliver anything here from any part of the world, you can do this and you can basically build out great laboratories here. You can find everything needed for that. And also you can find, you can meet actually a couple of different climate zones, climate areas around the country from very high mountains in Svaneti region to the Black Sea shore in the west to some vast valleys with vineyards in the east. And that's a good place for testing out various agricultural technology and also testing self-driving cars, which is something I'm really into because if you go through any road in Georgia, you will need to go through serpentines at one point or through highways at another point. And at some moments you will be above this, the clouds and at some moments you will be somewhere surrounded by the mountains. I mean, that's an amazing place to test out many different technology and really wanna many big companies that are working on the breakthrough things to hear this and come here and speak with us about launching their R&D laboratories here. Also, one more comment to add, and I will be done with this, regarding the international financial opportunities or transfer platforms, etc., in comparison to my native country, Ukraine, we have PayPal in Georgia and we are going to have one or two more international cross-border payments platforms to be launched soon too. If anyone has questions, just pin me and I will tell who is that going to be. And I'm sure that in a couple of years, we will have here all the needed 
cross-border and other payments platforms available that will make it even easier to start a global company here and continue doing any kind of operations with any other country in the world. And I really hope that it will really work out for the country because I do believe that Georgia has a lot of potential, even though uh, a lot of technology is obviously needed, like in other countries uh, that are representing the emerging markets. Uh, and Vamek, would you like to add something to this? Um, yes, please. So uh, talking about the agricultural tech, um, to anybody who's listening um, to this podcast and uh, is, is doing the um, agricultural tech stuff, um, we really need it here in Georgia because um, we have a very, very um, old tradition of uh, doing agriculture in many, many different ways. And um, as uh, Alina pointed out, we have a lot of different types of land here. So um, you can grow almost everything here. Um, so, but still the, um, the tech hasn't really got into the agriculture here. And um, going back to the being tech savvy, uh, one of the mo less tech savvy people actually are uh, the ones uh, who work in an agriculture. But um, on the other hand, um, the, Georgia is a country where um, we really look at what, what other people have and we want to have uh, the same. So basically, if you go and uh, sell one product to one farmer and that farmer achieves better results, um, that's the marketing that you need. That's the best marketing here in Georgia. Everybody will buy it. Um, just because they saw that it yields better products. And as we said, if, if there's a need, um, the people are ready to learn. So if you have great solutions in agriculture and tech, please come by, visit Georgia, see what the capabilities are. And I believe uh, the capabilities are great and the market is quite big. Um, you just need to prove that you have a good product um, and sell several of those. And then it's going to just go rolling itself. Okay. Well, talking about uh, different kinds of uh, businesses that might be expanding to Georgia, uh, what would be the main recommendations that you would give for maybe not only startups, but also mature companies that are looking to expand to Georgian direction from another region? Directly, what would you say? Georgia is quite a small country, we are less than 4 million people, so uh, maybe it's not the most attractive country because of that. Uh, but uh, for people who are living in uh, countries where they have bureaucracies, uh, there are some corruption, uh, there are many of these kind of countries uh, neighboring us and not only. Uh, getting to Georgia and starting uh, uh, a startup or some initiative here in Georgia might be the right idea. And uh, what I see last two years especially, that's what uh, people are doing. Uh, there are many people, especially from Iran, actually, what uh, I saw myself, maybe it's not like uh, the research, but uh, I see many really, really brilliant uh, like engineers uh, arriving from Iran, 
and uh, moving to Georgia and starting some initiatives or just uh, working for some startups. Um, myself had uh, experience of working with one Iranian programmer and uh, he's amazing. Uh, so actually uh, things, uh, what I know is that uh, when we first we are, uh, have started to think about expansion of uh, our first educational company, Kings. So that maybe the right uh, thing would be to launch it in, in Armenia or in Azerbaijan, which are the neighboring countries of Georgia. But uh, when we did uh, some research, we visited Armenia, for example, a couple of times, even, uh, yeah, Zira uh, bureaucracy things involved and uh, maybe some corruption as well. So that's why we decided that uh, maybe for us a better uh, market to test the product would be European Union country. And we first decided about Estonia because it was quite a small country. Uh, so uh, investment needed for testing out the project and product would be less than in other countries. And um, it, uh, it was the right approach, I believe. So well, just to summarize, uh, post-communist countries, post-Soviet uh, countries, uh, countries with uh, problematic law enforcement, uh, bureaucracies, uh, corruption, maybe uh, for people and founders from these countries, is really a right uh, country to start because uh, I want to add that it's really, really cheap to live in Georgia and uh, uh, all the opportunities are here. Like if you have right initiative, uh, we are really welcoming people and uh, living in Georgia is quite, uh, not quite, but uh, people can enjoy that for sure. So yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I answered the question, but uh, yeah, that's how I see that. Yeah, that, that's actually a good point. Um, in comparison to many other countries with such a low corruption level, uh, Georgia has quite cheap prices on rental, on food, etc. So, it, and it's still of a high quality because, as I said, the cuisine is amazing and actually you can find very good food in even like the usual canteens around the cities. And Vamek, you started speaking about um, attractiveness for agriculture, agri-tech companies, that they should definitely come to Georgia. Do you see other industry-related, domain-related companies that could be also that could find their way of growing in Georgia where do you see the gaps for growth and for scaling to Georgian market um, you know I, I can't say for sure but um, what I believe and I'm quite quite sure of that is that we really have a huge pool of um, technological intelligence in Georgia um, and as, as we uh, said in the beginning, the, uh, the education is um, catching up in technology uh, and science. And there are 
a lot of very bright students um, entering scientific and engineering fields. So um, what I think is that, um, especially after this um, COVID-19 pandemic and the um, China losing a lot of uh, manufacturing capability and people actually, the companies leaving China, um, Georgia is still uh, very cheap to live uh, and also very cheap to make business and build things. So um, I believe that it's going to be great for big companies to build their factories here because uh, we have um, a huge experience um, in building things, especially uh, in tech and science. Uh, we have had brilliant scientists and engineers during um, the Soviet era in Georgia. Um, unfortunately, all their efforts were um, used to build um, things for the Soviet Union, which uh, were not very uh, friendly technologies. But um, we'll build some amazing things in here, um, including um, in biotech. And uh, actually, uh, in one of, the, one of the fields of biotech, which is um, bacteriophages, Georgia is still the leading country uh, in a scientific and engineering way of... Um, of uh, sorry, I forgot the name of tech. Um, bacteriophages, yeah, sorry. So um, basically, we have a, um, more than 100 years of experience. And as long as um, during the Cold War between US and, and Soviet Union, uh, there was an actual Cold War uh, with the technology of uh, antibiotics, which the US has developed, and the um, technology of um, uh, bacteriophages, which uh, was being developed in the Soviet Union and, and uh, particularly in Georgia. So as, as the uh, Cold War was kind of lost to U.S., this technology was lost also. But it's, it's much better, um, even biologically uh, speaking, uh, than antibiotics. It doesn't have any side effects. And uh, we have several startups in Georgia now uh, building new technologies with that. So basically, we just that tech can solve a huge problem for the humanity, uh, which is the bacterial, like the uh, antibiotic resistance of uh, bacteria, which is killing, I don't know, millions of people um, every year. Um, so for biotech, we have a lot of experienced people, a lot of youngsters to go there, uh, who go there, um, and there's a big opportunity for the biotech companies in Georgia, and also the tech companies who build stuff. Um, I also do believe uh, that we can become one of the hubs um, in Europe uh, or Eurasia uh, for the space tech. Um, and um, I really hope so that Elvan Technologies will be one of the first companies <clears throat> to start that trend, um, especially... And we when, will when, support you? Um, yeah, I really hope so. Um, and we actually plan to launch um, a, a school of science uh, and technology to educate the younger generations uh, in a different way in science, because mostly the Soviet era education system um, was not based on individuality and innovation. Um, and we really want to um, enforce it on, on the young generation. So they, they, they change the way they think um, and remove some boundaries of, uh, of thinking. So um, I do believe that it's going to be amazing if, if uh, Georgia becomes one of the uh, space hubs um, as long as um, the, the earth is round. Um, so um, 
the launches nowadays are, are done from um, Russia and, um, and US and several other places, but um, due to the uh, rotation of the Earth around its axis, um, the, the best launch periods to space can be on, uh, on different places on Earth. So, and um, there is not a lot of launch sites uh, in Eurasia. So building one in Georgia would be uh, quite cool. But I'm not sure how it's how it's possible in in the uh, maybe next ten years. So I would still recommend the agricultural tech uh, people, the biotech people, and companies um, and the big tech companies uh, to uh, come here and actually start start building factories and manufacturing here because we have an experience in doing doing uh, so. They will be able to find personnel uh, to work in in the fields. And um, it's it's much cheaper than the other places, um, especially after the uh, China's loss of position in, in that uh, field. Well, this is a very interesting position on <laughs> the expanding to Georgia, and surely uh, I do support the idea that more agricultural country or companies and. Um, more technological companies that have the possibilities of building their R&D should come to Georgia because uh, from our perspective we do also think well from the perspective of those who are sitting on the other side of the pond we do think that uh, Georgia as much as in other countries from emerging markets that we're going to take a look at in our next series of the podcast they do have an amazing uh, possibilities of developing something really incredible and i'm really hoping that soon the all the consequences of the pandemic that we're facing now will be over and all the businesses can go back to the way they worked and the new businesses will be able to travel again and develop new and amazing things now with this i would like to thank you for joining us today for this edition of the podcast. Thank you guys for sharing this first fly, well, test fly with us. Uh, it was a true pleasure and an honor to have you with us. And to all of our fellow listeners uh, who shared the pleasure of listening to you, uh, if you happen to have any additional questions to our speakers, feel free to ask on our social media and we are hoping that this podcast gave you an opportunity to get a grip on how Georgia works in general, not only related to the development of IT startups, but also related to everything else. Keep in mind that if you ever in search for an amazing country where you can not only build your business uh, for relatively cheap, uh, but also you want to enjoy the simple pleasures in life, Georgia should be one of the options that definitely have to be on the top of the list. And in our next episode, we will be diving in in the culture of Latin America. So stay with us. Thank you.